Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the EFL Fantasy Podcast. My name is Angus. And my name is Dan. And we're here to review the Game Week 35 action. Um, so very interesting action, I think, at both ends of the table. And we'll discuss some of the uh, takeaways from that. Um, but first things first, Dan, how are you? Yeah, not bad. Um, went to the Luton game. If we play like we did in the first half, we won't get another point. If we play like we did in the second half, we might get a few points. So, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're entertaining everyone this year anyway. That's the main thing. Absolutely. That's, that, that is certainly true. Um, so, yeah, so obviously we're, we're going to review the game week 35 uh, sort of talking points. We're going to uh, followed the normal sort of format um, in terms of how how we did team news, key talking points, other points and questions. Uh, so starting off, um, we'll go through our team. So I'll kick off first. I got 62 points, which was a, a 19 place red arrow. Um, I brought in Amari Hutchinson uh, for Fabio Carvalho. Um, I think Carvalho got six and Hutchinson got five this week, so uh, down a little bit, but it was also looking ahead um, to to sort of the fixtures to come as well. Um, but I had pairs in goal for three, Giles for five, Britton for three, Davis for eight, Captain Somerville for 12, Azaz for one, Dewsbury Hall vice-captain for three, Hutchinson for five, Rutter for one, Armstrong for 10, and Moore for 11. Um, and my run of first subs getting something continued, albeit Philogene, it was just top bonus, but um, he got seven points, which given that my final debate was Philogene or Azaz, uh, was a little bit frustrating. Um, but yeah, not ideal, small red, but given that like basically everyone who could have hurt me did return, um, which I think it was Smodix and... Um, to remember now there were three or four players that people owned i think sarah and chaplin and smodix and they so they all got something so it was sort of like the, the consolation was like it felt like i was going to lose more ground than i did so um not too unhappy with with where it is obviously a red arrow is never ideal um but sort of still feel well, well set up feel like i've got a little bit of a plan as well now so uh yeah, all in all, could be better, could be worse. Um, how did your game week go? So I got 66. It was a red arrow down to 125th, about a seven or eight place red arrow. Um, I had two free transfers, but only made one. And that was Cannon from QPR. He's lost his place. Uh, Jimmy Dunn sort of playing right side of centre back. And I brought in Aileen. And um, you know how much I, I've criticised Borough defensively over the last two years. Well, I've somehow got the goalie and Aileen now. And they got a total of four points because Dieng finally got his uh, position back. Uh, so he got two, Giles five, Aileen two, Davis eight, Captain Somerville for 12. I do have Sammy Spodix for seven. Azaz for one, Dewsby Hall two, Rutter one, 
uh, vice captain that Adam Armstrong for 15 and Kiefer Moore for 11. Uh, I had Philogene first bench for seven hours. I had Fainwu on there for six yep. uh, back in. Um, third sub was Walker Peters, obviously injured. Um, so yeah, um, I've got two free transfers again. <laughs> So I don't know what I'm going to do because I keep looking at my side and I've got Leeds against Stoke. Um, Adam Armstrong scored a goal. Don't really want to lose him. Moore keeps ticking over. So maybe get rid. It might be time for Smodix to go, but they've got Plymouth the week after. So yeah, it's. Um, I'm going to have to make one. It might be Walker Peters out. I think if he's out for a few weeks. Yeah, I think that's that's the thing that I think everyone's waiting for. Um, I I won't be able to do team news this week, I don't think, for those sort of uh, waiting for it. Um, if I see any key bits, I'll try and highlight them for people, which will obviously be news around the likes of Walker Peters, because I think that will be quite an important one for people. Um, but yeah, so um, I'm, sh- I'm sure he'll feature in this next bit, but... Uh, I'm handing over to you again, Dan, for the for the team news from this weekend. Yeah, so the key fantasy relevant team news this week uh, for Coventry, Casey Palmer was in, was along with Torp for Sakamoto and Wright. Sakamoto, I think he he might be done for the season. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for Leeds, Bamford started over Piero, Leicester, Pereira. Wasn't in the squad. Uh, Vardy was back on the bench. For QPR, Dykes and Anderson were in for Fry and Hodge. Norwich, uh, Barnes was in for Nunes. Um, Sunderland, Semedo, remember him from the first four game weeks when he was back in? Um, Southampton, uh, Walker Peters were out injured. Uh, Harwood Bellis played right back. Front three of Armstrong, Che Adams and Brooks. Birmingham, Buchanan and Bakuna started. For Borough, as mentioned, Dieng was back between the sticks. Latte Laff started as as was benched. For Sheffield Wednesday, Fainwu back in after injury. And Ipswich, Hutchinson, Chaplin and Sarmiento all started. Yeah, I think there were a couple of key things there. Obviously, we knew about sort of the Ipswich attacking changes that were going to be necessary, but um, a couple of interesting things to watch there, particularly with them being, I think, very unlikely to play midweek um, in terms of Burns and Broadhead. Yeah. Uh, if someone is on, say, a Chaplin, um, or, you know, like me, maybe I'm the only one on a Hutchinson. Um, you've probably got at least one more game of it. Um, but yeah, like I say, it, in terms of all of that news, if I see anything um, in particular, I'll try and highlight it on Twitter because I don't think I'll be able to do the full roundup. So particularly the likes of Walker Peters, you know, the Ipswich guys, etc. cetera. Um, Pereira maybe as well. Yeah, I got to look up about his absence, but... Um, I see anything on him I'll try and highlight that as well because obviously he's quite an important one for people. Um, now we're going to move on to our sort of key points uh, from the game week. 
Um, do you want to go first or shall I go first? I don't mind. I can go first. Yeah, um, well, yours is a little bit more specific, I think. So uh, we'll we'll start yeah. with yours. So it's um, Dan's team review of the week. <laughs> Preston last week. We're going for Norwich this week. Um, last five games, three wins, two draws. So they've got 11 points. Scored 12, conceded six. Um, I've looked at the XG over both conceded and uh, scored. Um, XG is probably seven and a half, whereas they scored 12 and they conceded, they should have conceded about four and a half and they conceded six. So it's one of those where they, they probably overdone it scoring, but probably shouldn't have conceded six the other end. So yeah, I think that that was quite interesting. I, I looked at their lineups. Oh, sorry, quick, just before I mentioned that, for the last five, they did win the XG battles in the game. So they are, it's not like a crazy random number. They are constantly beating their opponents. Um, so Gunn's been starting in goal. Stacey, Hanley, Gibson and Giannoulis back four. McLean starts DM. And if it's um, they're playing a team who who are near the top, they'll put Sarah in there. Uh, sorry, they'll put um, Nunes in there, and they'll put Sarah in the ten. Um, if not, they'll they'll play Barnes in there in the ten. Um, Sergeant plays up front with signs, and Fashner I think's in the team because Hernandez is. I think he's out injured for a while as well. So yeah, so um, we've been saying all along for Norwich, uh, Saar is probably the main man followed by Sargent. Um, I think they've improved a lot defensively. You might not always see it with, with the goals conceded than that, but they always there the last few games and conceding like a, a less than a goal a game. Um, I had Stacey loads at the start of the season. I think he had one or two good weeks. I think one of the weeks he scored. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Have you ever thought of a, a Norwich player recently? Apart, I know you've mentioned a couple of times about Sargent. Yeah, I think he's the main man. I think you can find any number of stats about Norwich's performances with and without Sargent, where it's just like... He's clearly so important to them, um, and you know he's very good. And so I think um, he he's definitely one on the radar. I do think Sarah. Um, I'll I'll come to him a little bit later on as well. But I do think he is one that that's very much on the radar again now. I'm not sure I'm looking at many outside of those two, but I think those are the two, uh, generally speaking, uh, for me. Yeah. That just want to quickly check the the two wide players because especially signs he's been playing really regularly yeah should have done this before um six three is decent but he's he's not scored a lot of points so yeah i'm not sure if he's really much of an option fixture wise they i think they're They've got Middlesbrough away, although it's red on 
on the sides, it's not a red fixture anymore. They've then got Rotherham, Stoke and Plymouth, so three really good fixtures. So I'm not sure many players are going for Norwich. Um, so I think they could be maybe flying under the radar. Um, I, I can't remember the last time I watched Norwich. Have you seen them, a game of theirs recently? I don't feel I've like I have, no. I've seen like highlights, but yeah, it seems a while. Um, but, yeah. but yeah, I think they're an interesting one at the moment. They're clearly doing decently, but I think there is a question of how many of them you would want. Um, yeah, I, I think that's fair, but there's definitely an option, I think, for maybe one or two, like Sergeant yeah. and, and Sarah. And like I said, maybe not the Middlesbrough game. But you then I know it's tricky because Borough then have the double and you'll probably want to get those players in but for me I've I've somehow got three Middlesbrough so I and I've got two free transfers like is it worth going early on a Norwich because and maybe bringing in a Sergeant or a Sarah I think it's definitely a something to look into I think yeah definitely um I think that we're still in that window I know I've mentioned Sergeant a couple of times recently but I think mm. we're still very much in that window um to to be sort of looking at going to him. It's just so hard to lose a striker because a few are starting to doubt Armstrong and then he's obviously scored again and Rutter got, like I mentioned, they've got Stoke and more you get the feeling Moore's just going to tick over. He might not be explosive, but he, he'll yeah. tick over as well. So, yeah, maybe, maybe Sarah's the one to go to then. Yeah, I mean, I think he's 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 another one who's who's clearly going along very nicely at the moment, and uh, I think it's a, probably a little bit of an easier one there. Um, so but that that think... sort of, yeah, sorry, I was going to yeah. say about their That's defensive fine. numbers under Wagner. I'm, I think they're yeah, better so. recently, but are you really going there for one of them? I mean, well, I could go there this week. Yeah. But I'm not sure I will. I think I think I might be looking in a different option. I think um, I think what is what could be interesting is, do you think Norwich that they've been seventh for or eighth for a while and they're just outside that playoff push, and for a long time now they've constantly been a top six side. Like if you go back twenty, fifteen, ten, five games constantly up there do you, and I know the playoff race is, is pretty crazy not as crazy as the relegation battle going on but um, I think I think Norwich could do it they've got experience in that side as well yeah I think so um, it's certainly possible I think there's a few of them in that race that where I'd, it wouldn't surprise me if any of them did it, um, but I think I think they're certainly in with a shout. Um, and you know, I think someone's going to have to beat them. Um, like I think they're going to keep going right until the end. Yeah. 
And the, the, like, like we just met, that's a nice run as well, those next four games. Yes. If they can get, I don't know, eight to eight plus points, they could get that sixth spot. I think West Brom are going are gonna to get it fifth. I know it, they're not that far ahead of Norwich. But I, from what I've seen, I just think they're becoming a bit of a machine, West Brom. But yeah, it's, Norwich are weird. That they're sort of a good side, but are the players good enough to replace the ones you've got? I think if I think if you want to climb up the ranking, it might be a pun that might be worth it. Yeah, yeah, I think it's, and I think like you say, we're getting. I know we have been before, but we're we're thoroughly in that window where it's like at any given moment they are an option at this point. Yeah, yeah. So that's it. Norwich. I don't know who it will be next week. You never, <laughs> that's that's a good thing about this section. You just never know. I don't know until, no. until the morning of the pod. Well, and that's the thing. Uh, our next pod will be after two games, so there'll be twice the opportunity for a team yeah. to to put their hand up to be the team in the league. <laughs> well, Stoke won yesterday, didn't they? So yeah, back to back wins. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> Gets leads away as well if they win. Yeah. <laughs> uh, would be it would be incredible. Um, so that that I think sort of leads on to particularly talking about Sarah. That leads on to my uh, sort of point I want to talk about. And I think it's it, it you spoke there about sort of the area we're potentially looking at this point as well about the midfielders um, and about you know. I think people are looking at both with regards to the double and as like, okay, how can I sort of get away from what everyone has and everything? I think the uh, the midfield is a is a key sort of part of that. Um, so I just went and looked, partially based off, I was looking at the last four form for midfielders on the site and then digging down a little bit into how the midfielders were getting those points. So I'm not going to read the whole list. I've gone off the the first page. Um, if you just if you on the site, if you go to midfielders and sort by last four form. Um, so just in terms of the the top end of it, uh, currently um, Amari Hutchinson is oh, it. So this is how you choose your players, Angus. Uh, no, I wish no, I could, no. I wish I could say there was that much logic behind it. Uh, <laughs> Amari Hutchison is top at 9.5. Jack Clark and Fabio Carvalho are at 9. Nonto and Fellows at 8.75. Chair at 8.25. Brooks and Johnston at 8. Sarah at 7.75. A couple of surprising ones, actually. Aspria at 7.5. And Miyoshi at 7.25. And then you've got the likes of Somerville and Philogene, Armstrong, Wallace, uh, Bajan Ho from Stoke, <laughs> Fleming, Zarori, Dewsbury Hall, Smodix, Azaz, and then Berger and Baker. Three Stoke mids there. Um, so just a couple of things that I thought were interesting from that. Um, West Brom with three mids averaging averaging 6.5 plus points over the last four. Um, I think it's uh, 
that's interesting, particularly because I think, you know, obviously I mentioned sort of Jed Wallace on the last pod, but we've, you know, talked about quite positively about Fellows. Johnston has started doing quite well. Um, also, we've we've spoken about the rotation with Southampton, but someone like David Brooks showing averaging eight points per game, game week despite that, that he's probably worth it, whether he's, you know, sort of starting or not. Um, I'll cover it a little bit in the breakdown, but I think after on the back of you talking about Norwich, one of my biggest points was Gabriel Sara is back. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then, so, you know, just highlighting Aspria, Miyoshi and Fleming as some interesting differentials there, I think, um, beyond those players. Um, in terms of just the points there, Anything in particular that that sort of you would you would look to highlight or that you fa- find interesting? Um, fellow, as you mentioned, West Brom probably, um, obviously two January signing. Both getting over eight points per game. I think I've watched West Brom a couple of times, and when whenever I've seen fellows, I've been very impressed with him. Um, I think I mentioned maybe a couple of weeks ago, I was just worried about rotation. You know, he's a youngster. If he's not playing well, he's the easy one to to sub off. Um, but for see, 5.6 million. Yeah. Like, he's definitely, definitely something to maybe consider. Um, let's have a look at QPR, Huddersfield, Bristol City. Is that Bristol City? Yes, it is. Bristol City, Millwall. It's not terrible fixtures. No, Although not three. Cool. Three of them are away. Yeah, but you know, there's there, if they're sort of ticking over, I think particularly, you know, you've got him at five point six and Johnston at six point five, both going well yeah. at those prices. They're easy to get to. You're not sacrificing one of the big hitters. You might have to if you went for Jed Wallace, for example. But those two at their price. You're not sort of doing that, so I think they're they're sort of that's part of why they jump out. So, who would you lean to there, Angus? Because I think if I if I remember correctly, they played a front four: Fellows, Dean Garner, Johnston, and Wallace. And yeah. you're thinking that's that's no uh, Vyman. I know he's not done great for Bristol City, but he's getting decent minutes for. West Brom, that's no Swift. Um, I don't know if Thomas Asane, is he out for a long time? or There's still no specifics. So I think it was the week before. Yeah. It was sort of like, could be two weeks, could be five weeks before this weekend. Corboran still didn't seem sure. Yeah, I, I just worry because, you know, like in a three-game week, yeah, he's going to rotate that. Yeah, I think that's that's also where I think it feels a little bit easier to stomach with the cheaper guys. I think you could make a similar yeah. argument. I know he doesn't feature here for Dean Garner. I want to say he's about seven. Um, I think he, he was good before the afternoon yeah. as well, wasn't he? Yeah, so I think it, those three, it's easier to sort of justify, to go with and justify and everything. Wallace is where it becomes a little bit tougher. I know he's playing up front at the moment. 
Um, and I thought he, he led the line well against Coventry. It wasn't an easy game, but it's that price. Like when I mentioned him last week, it's obviously about if you're on an overhaul where you have the ability to completely set it up, it's different. But in terms of, you know, if you're just making transfers, I think Wallace at that price is a little bit harder to go for. Um, Dean Garner's 7-2, Angus. Just, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's a nice price, isn't it? A lot of us have whole midfielders and small yeah. So, So people looking to move those sorts of players on potentially. It just offers a, an interesting opportunity there. I, I was intrigued. Um, obviously with the the double everyone's just focusing on our borough, borough and borough but Miyoshi was it one of those players higher that list um, I've not, not really thought of much about Birmingham if I'm honest and I'm not sure I would Millway and Middlesbrough at home are you looking at any Birmingham players uh, so the one that I, I feel like I mention every time we talk about Birmingham is Bakuna. Um, and and he's sort of the one that I would, that I, I have sort of in the back of my mind. I'm not sure. I'm going to, he's one that contributes in lots of different ways, which I think is part of what appeals for with him. Um, but he's, he's on the second page of last four form, which is obviously why he doesn't fit in here. So he's still ticking along. Um, but he, you know, he, he sort of, you know, he's involved creatively. I think he takes a lot, quite a number of the set pieces. Um, you know, he can pop up with a goal. Um, so I think a lot of that is where it's sort of like he's he's another one to look at. Miyoshi, we've spoke about before. Really like him as a player. Um, I'm not sort of desperate to to go with one of them but for example if if they had sort of another good game another or another good sort of performance um before the double um it might sort of you know make me think harder about about one of them um do you like any of the other ones like Sprilla's a good player but yeah, it's it's tough um, with someone like him. Um, I think he's he's interesting, but and I think he's you know potentially an interesting one to to look at to go against sort of the the uh, the obvious. Um, but you know, do you really want one of them at the moment? Uh, fixtures aren't bad, but um, I'm not sure I'd sort of be looking at Watford at the moment and being like, yeah, I want one of them. <laughs> That's true. You meant someone like a chair. He yeah. seems to be ticking over nicely. Obviously, we don't know what's happening with, <laughs> with the stuff abroad, but um, I suppose West Brom, Middlesbrough, Sunderland. It's not great. Yeah, it's 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 a fixtures issue with him, I think. Um, but you know, he he is doing well at the moment. Um, do, you, do you know what I will mention? And you. You said on the list, Fleming. Yeah. If it's what we think Neil Harris is going to be, Fleming's going to score a lot of bonus if he does anything. So yeah. we're back to back to what Jed Wallace at 
at Millwall. We are. I yeah. don't know if you agree with that, Angus. Uh, slightly different because obviously Wallace, it was a lot of, you know, sort of whipping the cross in, you know, big physical Millwall getting on the end of it, that sort of thing. But um, I think he will be prominent for them and I think it will probably be a little bit more basic, which potentially favours someone like him um, in terms Nine of the million. others not really being involved as well. Nine million, though. That's yeah. A lot, I think. Um, but I thought the interesting part of this as well would be to look at... Um, how the players have gone about sort of getting these points. Okay. Um, so the ones, for example, with the most attacking returns are Hutchinson and Nonto. Hutchinson, two, they both have four attacking returns. Nonto, uh, Hutchinson has two goals, two assists. Nonto has three goals, one assist. Um, everyone else, I think, has two attacking returns on that first page, except for... Uh, Lewis Baker and Zoruri. Um, everyone else in that first page has either two or three um, attacking returns. Um, so one thing that I thought was interesting, particularly as people looking around, um, obviously Somerville and Dewsbury Hall are on this. Both of them have no attacking return in their last three games. Um, I'm not saying sell them, but it's just something to bear in mind when we're sort of saying, like, particularly things like auto-captaincy and whatever, that they haven't returned in the last three. And if it starts going any longer, then you start looking, oh, now it's no return in four, no return in five. Like, um, But they get bonus, though, don't they, right? Yeah, so Dewsbury Hall in the last four game weeks has seven bonus, Somerville has eight bonus in the last four game weeks obviously for a lot for quite a few of these players um they are probably slightly higher on this because they have the double game week which obviously in the last four form counts as one game week so that will boost it somewhat um but um a couple of other interesting notes um smodix still we've talked about him before still bad for bonus so smodix has two goals in that time but across the last four game weeks which bear in mind, he had a double as well. He only has three bonus points. Mm. Because what he, as we uh, as we sort of talked about frequently with him, what he does is he scores, but he doesn't sort of pick up bonus when he does. Um, it, you know, he might pick up bonus literally when he scores, but he doesn't do a lot that contributes to bonus. He scores or he doesn't do much, which is, you know, when someone scores a lot of goals, that's fine. But it's just worth noting that if he doesn't return, you're probably just getting a blank from him. Yeah. Um, Philogene and Carvalho had the highest bonus totals. Um, Philogene had 14 bonus. Car- Carvalho had 13 bonus. It's worth noting Philogene, that was significantly boosted by the Rotherham game with the goal he was given that he did not score. Uh, <laughs> uh, although I think he might have got four bonus in that game without it, but I'm not 100% sure. So I'm going to maintain that. Uh, just behind them, as we've talked about, is Gabriel Sara, who's 12 bonus in the last four game weeks. And that's despite only having two goals in that time. So that's what I'm yeah. saying with him being back. It's sort of like not even returning and hoovering up the bonus um, is is something to bear in mind with him. Uh, you know, it's the flip of someone like Smodix where Sara doesn't need to return and he's 
going to pick up that bonus for you. Um, so I think that's uh, that's worth noting, particularly that he's back to his best on that front. Uh, Fellows, Chair and Brooks are all in double figures for bonus across the last four game weeks. Fellows has 11 bonus, Chair and Brooks have 10. Um, all of those with three attacking returns. So it's sort of interesting for me that, you know, you're seeing there players that are, are picking up the bonus. Like you're getting a, fa- a flavour of the players who are picking up the bonus, you know. Returns, you can say, oh, whether they're more or less likely to continue. But I think seeing that some of those are picking up the bonus gives you a bit of a clue. For example, Mikey Johnston. Um, I'm not saying that he w- he won't do anything. He's got three attacking returns in that time, but he's only got six bonus. Um, so when you compare it to Fellows, who has eleven, it's sort of like that's that's a big difference. Yeah. Um, and then the other one for me that I found interesting um, was Nonto, who has four returns in the last four game weeks, only six bonus in that time. The game where he went mad, I think it was in game week 32, I can't remember who it was, where he had like a 20-pointer. He didn't even get top bonus in that game, though. And so I think it's it's just worth bearing in mind with him. Like, he is doing well, he is ticking over, but the bonus isn't really there for him. He's another one where it seems to be, you know, he might get the attacking returns, but bonus isn't really going to be there for him as much. Um, I think when you've got... It's it's tough with him in that he might be on the end of things, but when you've got sort of these guys who really sort of clean up on the bonus, like um, Somerville and Rutter, it means that there's there's less for someone like him to pick up. Um, and I think it's it's sort of you know the issue a lot of the time with the other Leeds players. I just checked it was Swansea where they won four nil away. Nanto got two goals and an assist, but only three bonus. Um, so yeah, so I think that's and and when you when you factor in like in the last four, he got six bonus, so he's got three bonus in across the last three games. Yeah. Um, so it's just it's just something to bear in mind for people looking at him as well, because I do think he's he's a decent option, but it just shows you're more likely to be looking for attacking returns from him. Um, just looking any other interest, uh, Lewis Baker. Also, ten bonus across the last four game weeks. Just thought that was that was a weird one. Um, it's going to be on all set pieces, probably. Now. Yeah. No, uh, as you said, Fleming on eight bonus, um, which is the same as the likes of Somerville, Jed Wallace, Stuart Armstrong. Um, so yeah, so I just thought that was interesting in terms of looking at how some of these players sort of break down and um, sort of different ways that that they might sort of appeal. Um, any other thoughts based on that? No, I think it's it's made it interesting. I think if you get into the stage, I know if you're going to build towards the double, but you're going to have to start taking a punt if you want to move up a few spaces. And we know that if they're good on the bonus, then they're very likely, especially if you consider may, maybe captain in some of these. Yeah. Yeah, those points to drop in pretty quickly. Yeah, and I think it's interesting as well with that in terms of just the balance as well, because people will be sort of hearing some of that stuff about 
the bonus and thinking, oh, you know, that's that they're maybe a little bit more reliable. But some of them are being outscored by these people who are getting more attacking returns, like Nonto, like Johnston. So it's a balance of which approach almost you take to it as well, which I think will make a difference to people at this point. Um, but yeah, so that, that was everything on that. Um, so in terms of the rest of the game week's sort of action, um, anything else that jumps out to you? I suppose we better mention Friday night's game. I thought West Brom were very good first half and were pretty good until Coventry got the penalty and then there was a little bit of a wobbly. But I, I was disappointed in Coventry. You know how much I, I like them and yeah. how much we respect Robbins. But yeah, I just, I thought West Brom it was, at times was pretty comfortable, really. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was very impressive for them. Um, mentioned the Saturday lunchtime game, Huddersfield Leeds. Um, had predicted this actually, uh, given that this would have been them tying the champ the championship wins in a row record. I think it was before the Leicester game. I said they would beat Leicester, but fail to beat Huddersfield. Um, I thought Huddersfield did well first half actually. Um, you know, I thought they rode their luck a little bit. Um, and I thought the one thing I would say is you could sort of feel the red card coming. There were a couple of things that went in. Um, I mean, Hogg had been booked. He then got a warning. Um, Pearson had one where he left his studs on. I think it was, you know, right up the calf of like um, yeah, it was Somerville. Um, I, 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 I didn't think it was sort of a red, but at the same time, I don't think if if the ref like a different referee might have sent him off for that. Um and then Hogg, just moronic is the only word I can think of because he stops, he looks around for Furpo. I think he looks twice for Furpo and then sticks his elbow into his face. Like it's not even like subtle. Um, he deliberately makes sure he connects with the elbow. Like, it, you know, it's just sort of just bizarre from him. Um, particularly from such an experienced player. Like, I know he he has that sort of in him, but it was still sort of madness. Um, Leeds, you know, eventually got their, their goal and everything, and but couldn't find the second. Um, I thought it, it really was sort of on the balance of the, the two halves. I did sort of feel like Huddersfield deserved something from the game. So um, I don't I don't think, you know, Leeds can feel too hard done by to draw this game, to be honest. No, I, I mentioned, I, I said it felt deserved. When um, Helic come on, <laughs> we, would, we were working out, we were like, oh, Pearson going to right back, that's not going to be good. Yeah. But I did joke, though, they got more threat from set pieces and um, he scored, so. Yeah. Yeah, I it was weird. I, you watch that game and you're like, well, that's a brilliant point. And it is a good point. And then everyone down the bottom basically win. So they're they're not in a great position in the league table overall, but it's, it was a great point. And you think if they play like that, they should be all right, I think. That's yeah. Good. Yeah, I think so. I think they've shown enough. We've sort of talked about them recently along with a couple of other teams. I think they've shown enough um, that you'd sort of back them to pick up 
pick up the necessary points um, at the moment. Um, I'm going to mention the Southampton win as well. I think it was 96th minute, Joe Aribo. Um, you know, right to, playing right till the end. Um, you know, credit to them. They they kept going uh, um, all the way. Um, and, uh, you know, it's a big result for them, you know, with, with Leicester dropping points, with Leeds dropping points, but Ipswich winning. If Southampton were going to sort of have any chance still of uh, automatic promotion, they, they couldn't afford to drop points against here. Again here, I think getting that result right at the end um, makes a massive difference. Um, all the big players that you'd be looking at returning, um, you know, Brooks, Armstrong, um, I mean, Che Adams returned, obviously Joe Rebo, uh, Harwood Bellis got an assist. Um, but one of the main things I wanted to mention was Will Smallbone got two assists in this game um, and they were keen to big him up after he'd got I think some quite horrible abuse on social media after it was his mistake that led to one of the Liverpool goals in the cup in midweek and he'd got some quite horrible abuse he actually ended up deactivating his Twitter account as a result um, and obviously so the first thing is there's there's just no need for that but I thought you know it's clear how much it meant to them as well that that he had such a key role in that game. Um, and I thought, you know, it's credit to him because, you know, I get that they're, a lot of them are quite sort of mentally strong and whatever, but it would have been easy after a really tough week for that to have an impact. But for him to turn around and put in a really strong performance um, spoke volumes to me. I'm going to, we've got to talk about Leicester. Yeah. QBR, haven't we? Um, <laughs> We praised Leicester, even though they they lost last week um, and they managed to lose again. Looking at the data, though, very even match. Yeah. Probably one of them that could have gone either way. One big chance each, about one goal of XG each. So, yeah, it just looks like QPR took their chances. Um, yeah. Chair and, chair and Armstrong. So, yeah. We've mentioned for a while now that QPR have been a, a mid-table top 10 team since yeah. the manager's come in. So, yeah, I, I know they've got a few tricky games. And if they, if they can keep ticking over the points, I, they could finish top half. Yeah, um, yeah the, the, the last one for me, um, just because... You know, we talked about Huddersfield, we talked about QPR. Sheffield Wednesday, it was a game, obviously, they had to win away at Rotherham. Ugbo has returned again. Um. <laughs> you'd be you'd be winning Gaffer if you'd picked him about what month ago. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, couldn't have gone much better in terms of looking right. Uh, <laughs> not helping my team. Um, I'd also like to point out, as I mentioned him as well, Ian Pervader with four bonus in this game. Um, you know, Sheffield Wednesday, another one to, that are interesting in terms of that these players keep picking up points. Um, people will have fame wishes obviously come back into the lineup. I think the problem is they've obviously got this Plymouth game. They then play Leeds and Ipswich. Um, 
player. How big it? Do you know what? I, I'm, we've mentioned we might worry about Plymouth a bit, but that's a massive game for Plymouth as well. Yeah, I mean, if Sheffield, if Sheffield Wednesday managed to win that game, um, you know, it really is pressure on, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, Sheffield, Sheffield Wednesday are on a roll. Like, there's no doubt about it. Um, yeah. You know, the only game they've lost recently in the in the league, I think, is sort of away to Leicester, which, you know, there's no shame in losing that. Um and uh, you know we've we've spoken again about them as another team that have been playing well recently. They've got they've now got four teams that are three points ahead of them. So you know one or two more wins, and you know that they, they have very real prospect of getting out of there. Um, and I do think you know we we might see it roll around. Um, you know they've got Plymouth this week, but in game week 39 they play Swansea at home. And that's another one that at that point could be another massive game. Um, you know, Sheffield Wednesday also play, for example, QPR in game week 41, Stoke in game week 43, which I, I, I really hope it's not, there's something riding on that. <laughs> so I, I messaged the uh, yesterday and I said, what, 12th down are in the relegation race? And I, yeah, and you, I, I do think you the, think it's not that bad, but I think it's fifteen down. I think the the, the problem for or the, the problem the the thing with the three on forty four Watford Bristol City Borough is there's so many teams below them that you know they just need to pick up one or two results and they're probably safe. Basically, I was just trying to find Watford, and I, <laughs> that was gonna <laughs> that was gonna be the line, but yeah. yeah. I, teams like Plymouth, Blackburn, and and Birmingham, are, I'm I'm starting to worry a little bit about now. Yeah, it's it's really it's really interesting, and I'm I'm glad that it feels almost inevitable that we're going to have a relegation battle that goes all the way. Do you know what? If you'd have said what two two months ago, <laughs> it it was basically three from four. Yeah. And now it's basically, you could argue, maybe half the league. Yeah, it's 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 mad. Um, but credit to the likes of, I mean, you know, we mentioned them a while ago, but credit to the likes of Sheffield Wednesday, QPR and Huddersfield for keeping that up. Because the more they've done it, the more teams they've dragged into it. So it's all credit to them. Um but yeah, unless you have anything else to to sort of talk about from these no. games, we'll get into the questions. Um, I know people have sent us quite a few questions should, in. Should, should we mention Stoke win? Probably should. Stoke uh, one two yeah. nil. Stoke one Still two nil against Middlesbrough. Just as everyone's looking at Middlesbrough players. <laughs> yeah, they're still in the bottom three though, Stoke. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, typical Stoke, they get a big win like this and everyone around them wins. And it's sort of like yeah. they didn't even get out the relegation zone. And now they got Leeds. Yeah. An annoyed Leeds team as well. Like, yeah. you know, it'll go one of two ways. that Like, Stoke will either sort of get nick something off them or they'll get battered. Like, it won't it won't be something in between. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, you know credit to them um so questions 
Uh, FPL Frog, that's the first question. Which player outside of the top four teams will score the most gaffer points between now and the end of the season? I'm going to go Song. Just to be sort of different and, you know, because I, if if he stays fit is obviously key. I'm going to say Josh Sargent. I thought you were going to say Agba. No, no. Second, second. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I'm I'm sure he'll be delighted that we've both said Norwich players. I did. I didn't even think he like that either. No, I honestly think Sarah probably will score. Yeah, the no, I, I think it, it's that you know similar for me with Sargent with the way he's going and you know we've seen sort of when he's been in the team this year. So. Um, Chris Hermitage, if you had to pick three defenders for the run-in, who would they be, excluding Davis? Um, I've been saying it all season. I'd probably get Furlong in. Yeah. Um, I think I think I would pick Giles as well. Yeah. Yeah, like you've got the little issue coming up, obviously, where they play. Leicester yeah. in 37 and then Blank in 38. But apart from that, like if you're sort of able to bench him in that period, you know, there's there's odd sort of bad games afterwards, but it's not sort of terrible. NG? Yeah, I mean, he's, he's obviously got the return at the, at the weekend in the, the sort of derby. Um, I'm I'm still I know it's really boring. I'm still gonna say Kyle Walker Peters. Um, so so what what do you reckon then? Walker Peters, Furlong, Giles? I definitely Walker Peters and Furlong. Um it's then it's then an issue an interesting one. Like I do like Giles. Um but, I'm gonna say remember- Perry and G. We're like let let's all be honest here. We, we know we know how much I love Perry and G, so I'm gonna say him. Um, though one interesting thing that I will note, because uh, well I found it interesting when watching the West Brom Coventry game. <laughs> Other people might not find it interesting. I noticed a lot quite often with fellows on the right, Furlong went to overlap him and then stopped and hung back. So it might be something to watch going forward where there were quite, there was a number of times where he went to go on the overlap and then stopped. Um, It looked like to give fellows the option to go down the line, but it'd just be interesting to sort of keep an eye on that. I'm not sure how often West Brom are on TV coming up sort of the next few, but that's just something that interested me to see whether it has an impact going forward. Uh, with Furlong, but I I do still like him as an option in that team. Um, The Bombardier has asked, hi guys, first year playing and I seem to have been hovering around the 140 mark for weeks. What's a good finish for the first year? Not sure whether to hold or take risks and go rogue. Thanks. So first thing is, it's hard to compare our first year because I, no, because people know yeah, the it, game now. It was now. the first year, yeah. People know the game now, so it's getting harder. 
I can I can hear Luke saying if you're not on the top ten, why is there <laughs> any point of playing? Um, so last year, I think the first year I was 26. The mm. second year I had a bad year, you know, when I had triple yeah. West Brom for about half a season. Um, last year I I was top hundred. I think I got 70 odd. Did I? I think from that position you're looking top hundred definitely. Um, and if you've got a couple of boosts that work well, maybe top 50, but that might be hard. Yeah, I think in general, if someone asked, like, what's a good finish for my first season, I'd say top, top 100. 100. Yeah. Um, I think that's sort of the 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 key there. That's, that's sort of the main target, which obviously you're not too far away from at this point. And depending on how, how many boosts you've played, there have been quite a few around, so it might be that you can get that back compared to the last few weeks. Uh, speaking of boosts, Eric uh, Ness Onstad has asked, he's planning for away days in game week 37. Any danger key assets are rested after the midweek games? And which third leads asset from Leeds and Ipswich to bring in? Um, now, obviously, the one thing I will say is if, if I could predict before the midweek games who was going to be rested at the weekend as a result, I probably wouldn't be sat doing this podcast. <laughs> um, but in terms of, sort of players unlikely to play a three-game week, um, it's not too many there that I sort of look at as real issues. Uh, Pereira, obviously, it depends on sort of what the issue is with him. Obviously, you've got Clark in your team. Otherwise, I can't think of too many there that I'd be worried about getting a rest. Um, for the audio purposes, sorry, he's got Johansson and Begovic, the goalkeepers, Giles, Davis, Pereira, Ailing, and Lees as defenders, Philogene, Somerville, Smodix, Dewsbury Hall, and Clark as midfielders, Whitaker, Rutter, and Moore as forwards. Um, so I don't think there's too many that I would sort of be worried about being rested there. Um, in terms of the third Ipswich and Leeds, what would you be thinking there? So for Ipswich, I'd be taking Whitaker out and probably getting Chaplin in. Maybe in mids, but it's a bit up in the air, I think. Yeah, I, th- I think that there is that opening at the moment. Um I know we've got a couple of questions about Whitaker, so I'll save my thoughts on him. But Chaplin is, you know, it, he's going well at the moment and it is an option. Um, it, it's tough on, on mids because it's the whole thing of like right now ahead of the midweek, like because the, the thought with Burns and Broadhead was they would miss the game just gone and midweek, but might be back for next weekend. So it might be that Hutchinson and Sarmiento sort of play the midweek game, Burns and Broadhead are back for the weekend, and uh, then you've got an issue. So uh, someone like Chaplin is probably the safest, or you just go to like Fladke. You, you sell one of the goalkeepers and find a bit of money there. Um, and the leads... Want to get Nonto, but three game week, Dan James could come back in here. Yeah, 
I think that that's the that's the one sort of issue that's hanging there is like Jack Clark to Nonto is staring right at you. Um, it's probably Ampadu. Is that really boring for Leeds? It's the safe one. It's the sort of logical one. Yeah. Um, I would save that one till the weekend because if anything happens to either Nonto or James or any sort of indication, like if James sort of came on and made something happen again, he's probably coming into the starting lineup sort of thing. Mm. But like if something happens to one of them, you absolutely want the other one. Yeah. I, I think I would do Chaplin to Whitaker this week, get that one done. Yeah. Um, non-stop FPL said apologies if this has been discussed before but will there be future doubles after game week 37 if so do we save our remaining chips until then um, they're called boosts um, yes and I will um, answer uh, one of Jaskarang Singh's questions here, which is just want to squeeze one more in. Has any guess which game week could the blanks from 38 go to? Uh, or when an announcement may come? We might just have a couple of away fixtures for Southampton Hull. No. I have no idea. Um, I have no idea what timeline they will work on. Um, we've seen them work on a two-week timeline for rescheduling games. We've seen them work on a six-week timeline for rescheduling games. So I'm not sure, and I don't know when it's going to come. I thought they would sort of reschedule them um, when the when the FA Cup draw got confirmed. But I haven't seen anything to sort of confirm that at this point. Um, so that's a slight issue with that. Um, and, you know, it could have come, not literally while we were recording this pod, but sort of like it could it could come tomorrow. It could come in a week. It's, you know, they will be announced at some point, but I can't give you more than that. Um, in terms of saving boosts for them, um, it depends whether you put particularly like those teams or whether you'd like what's in front of you. Um, you know, it, there's no one size fits all. Some people are using Boost now and that makes complete sense. Some are waiting and that makes complete sense. Um, I don't think I could prescribe one way or the other. Um, Petri Ananen has asked two questions, one of which is what has happened to Whitaker? Difficult opponents? And two, Bamford or Rutter to replace Whitaker or keep the faith with Whitaker. So I think we've talked about it with Plymouth. We were worried about this run of fixtures for him in terms of it was going to be a really tough run of fixtures and it might be an issue. And I do think that's that's just the main that's been the main cause for the downturn or the lack of returns, I think, is just this was always going to be a really tough run and it's proven to be a really tough run. Um, I would also be a little bit concerned because things like the key passes aren't even happening. I, th I think um, people need to remember that a lot of things changed since the start of the season. Managers yeah. change. They've lost to Zaz, Kessler Hayden, Kundal. Um, 
so they're probably playing differently and maybe the players they've got just aren't as good so yeah I haven't had Whitaker for a while I, I, but I had him not like for longer though I was getting punished for weeks as he kept on getting 10 11 points it was the maiden but yeah I, I, I think you're at the stage where you, you're probably looking to move him on then yeah, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if he had sort of a little run at some point sort of before the end of the season. But at this point, you know, he's had a tough run of fixtures. Next next couple, you know, or next four, you look at Sheffield Wednesday away, Blackburn away, Preston at home, Norwich away. You don't look at those go- games and think, oh, yeah, it's coming back around. You think oh, there might be sort of three more blanks in there. Um so so I'd probably get rid. Um, in terms of replacing him, Bamford or Rutter? I'd go Rutter. Although it's tricky because Bamford is scoring. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Bamford is the one to really sort of, if you really want to, a swing, because basically everyone either has Rutter or is looking to get Rutter. Bamford yeah. is sort of the the alternative there and he is like big variants the one thing obviously you know leads are on tv basically every game so seen quite a lot of them recently bamford won't do a lot else but he might get you a goal he might get you two goals but like he might be involved in the goals but he's not sort of going to pick up bonus or whatever he's not going to tick along in the way rutter would he's either going to return or he's going to do nothing and so there is that swing. He's he's got sort of the real ceiling on him, but he's also got that real flaw. Um, I'd probably go Rutter just because I really like Rutter, but I can see the logic in Bamford. Um, the other two questions that Jessica and Singh asked, he said, planning for away days in game week 37, are any Borough or Birmingham players worth considering? A Zaz worth keeping or should we just look for other mid options? So before we go to a second question, let's cover this first. Birmingham or Borough players and thoughts on a Zaz? I would probably go one Birmingham. I wouldn't be thrilled about it. <laughs> I'm not even sure which one I'd go to, but Miyoshi looks okay. I had Stansfield at the start. He, he completely did nothing for three games and he had probably the best feature run you could have at the time. Um, Barra, I've got Yang, I've brought in Ailing, I've got Azaz. Are you worried about Azaz? No. Um, I think. Part of it for me is, obviously, I spoke to Jamie after the game at the weekend. Um, and he was talking about how poor Borough were. And I think part of it I was then thinking is, Azaz, I think, has been on the bench the last one or the last two. I think if they'd been better without him in the lineup, I would feel more worried. But I think you look at that at the moment and you just think, Azaz has to come back in. And he was doing sort of well before that. So I do think um, I, uh, I I feel OK with Azaz at the moment. And I do think he's still the one I'd be looking to add overall. 
for the for the double. Um, in terms of the others, Stansfield is the sneaky one. He keeps, you know, he, he'll return in these games. If you can find a Plymouth connection in the opposition, um, as an as an Exeter City lad, that seems to really matter to him. Um, so if you can find and and the number of times when he returns, you can find a Plymouth connection in the opposition. So if you can find a Plymouth connection in either of the the opponents, um, Stansfield might be your one. Um, I'm going to say Bakuna just because, as I said before, uh, I like him. He's not going to sort of well, he might get you a big return, but um, I think he'll do decently. Miyoshi. Um, Bara Dieng for those who particularly kept him. I think you're you're fine with it because you've got a doubling goalkeeper. You've got two two chances at something. Um, people are going for Luke Ailing. I know you went for Luke Ailing. How do you feel about being a Luke Ailing owner at this point? I just went up. It's because I had the <laughs> cannon to someone. Yeah. Like, I'm not even. I'm not going to play him this week. I'm just going to play him in the double and then get rid of him. Yeah. You never know. He, he he could do an assist, and if he gets an assist, he'll probably get bonus. So, um, so yeah. So I think um, that there's him. Uh, Engel, who I've talked about before, wouldn't want him because there's rotation with Thomas now. Um, I think there's there's three in the attack you can consider, but I'm not sure whether I'd go with them. One is Azaz. Another is Greenwood. And Lato Lath is back at just the right time, where he'd be the real sort of out there punt. I'm not saying the same as Ugbo, because I don't think he's actually going to. But if you really wanted a punt, it's Lato Lath. Um, the second question from Jaskarang, because I think we've uh, we, we've covered enough of them there. Um can you please discuss options from West Brom or Coventry? It has Furlong already. Tom Fellows looks interesting with 0.47 XGI per 90. So obviously we talked quite a bit about Fellows, Johnston, Wallace, Diangana and Furlong. Is there anyone else from West Brom that we haven't covered that you would be interested in? Mm, no, I don't think so. Oh, you wouldn't go for a defender apart from Furlong, I don't think. I'm, I didn't realise that he might have come off with an injury on Friday. I don't hate looking at Connor Townsend as an alternative, particularly because it's that slight difference I was talking about. And, you know, this is where it gets sort of, you probably need to see another game where Furlong wasn't necessarily going on the overlap beyond Fellows at times. Townsend was, because, particularly because Johnston wants to come inside. Um, and so that might be slightly interesting there, but Furlong would still be first choice. And like I say, um, on the the sort of apps, it said that Townsend came off with an injury. So that might obviously um, create another issue there. But I just thought I'd, I'd introduce the, the Connor Townsend option there. Um, Coventry. You said before you've been, you've been quite positive about commentary recently. Um, well, I've liked, what, I think what are your thoughts on them at the moment? I was a bit concerned. No Sakamoto. Um, O'Hare went off at half time. 
Yeah, but he, he, he's not going to be there next year. And I will say in that first half, he was outperformed by Casey Palmer. Like, if you were only going to leave one of them on after that first half, it would have been Palmer. Yeah. Do you uh, dare Casey Palmer? He he is always that tempting one, isn't he? Always. He's so good. He's, he's got so much ability, but he, he just can't stay fit, can he? No, and if you, if if it's like a real short-term move, I can see it. I can. Surely Hadji Wright's going to come back into the team. Yeah, Hadji Wright is, is the big one. Hadji Wright is the big one, you know. Rotherham at home, obviously, um, this week. Someone like him is obviously, it, he'd be the main one from Coventry that I'd I'd be looking at at this point. Yeah, I think I agree. Um, and I'd also look at Van Ebike. Um But yeah, I'd, I'd as Dad says, I'd be slightly more concerned sort of now than I was previously about them. And the final question is from Shirabovic. Oh no, I've got a couple afterwards actually. Now that I remember, so after this one, uh, which week do you prefer for away days, thirty-seven or thirty-nine? So you've got Ipswich away in both, Leeds away in both, Leicester away in both, Southampton away in neither, Hull away in neither. You've got Burrow with a double, though. Yeah. Uh, West Brom away in both. I think 37. 37 looks slightly better there. Like, you know, you could you can argue it both ways. I think something like Leeds, Sheffield Wednesday away versus Watford away. Um, Leicester's game, at least theoretically, is slightly better in 39. Yeah. Bristol City away in 39, Hull away in 37. Is Blackburn away? Blackburn away is easier. For yeah, so maybe it's 39. <laughs> Given that we've already got Ipswich's away game is probably better in 39. Leicester's away game is probably better in 39. Uh, particularly if you're not that fussed about Borough. If you're, if you're going in on Borough, then obviously that favours 37. Um 30, you know, West Brom, 37, they play Huddersfield away. 39, they play Millwall away. Um, not, not a sort of massive difference there. Um, yeah, unless, I think, unless you're going, particularly going for Barra, now that I've looked at it, I'm going to say 39 is slightly yeah. better. <laughs> um and let me find it. We had a couple of extra questions. Uh, so one of them was, with QPR and Sheffield Wednesday now in the top six in the form table over the last six games, which teams do we target now other than Rotherham? Um, I feel like we did a whole segment on this last week. but uh, Plymouth would be one I would be. Yeah, I mean, I think... You know, it depends how Millwall are going to do because they were obviously one that looked bad on a lot of it. I wouldn't be sold about um, 
Stoke just because they've they've won they've won a game <laughs> like um, I'd I'd still be looking at at opponents against them. Um, yeah. I still think if I had defenders, yeah, I'd be playing them against Sheffield Wednesday and QPR. Defenders against Sheffield Wednesday and QPR definitely. Um, I think that's that's the other one. Um, I'm just trying to think. Blackburn, Blackburn, I'd target. Blackburn, and I'd and I'd still look at defenders against Millwall. I know Millwall have got a couple of results. You don't feel like they're going to go big against many teams, so. I'd still be quite happy with with defenders against them. Um, and Danny McDonald said, "Who? Are, this is the final question. Who are going up via the autos?" I'm gonna say Leeds win it. Leicester second. I am going to say that Leicester win it, although I don't feel great about it. And I'm gonna, I don't know why I'm saying this, but I'm going to say Southampton go up automatically with them. It bet, I just hope it's not Ipswich. Not because I don't want Ipswich, but I know thousands of people have bookmarked my thing. <laughs> Dan, we talked about sort of Will Smallbone having to deactivate his Twitter account. Dan might have to deactivate his Twitter account. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, we'll see. Uh, and it's not that I don't think Ipswich are doing well. It's just you know, it's it's just a prediction. Like you know, you have to predict two teams not to make it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so that's everything. Um, thank you for everyone who's who's given us questions. Um, hope you found sort of what we talked about uh, sort of interesting. Um, we don't think we'll be doing anything before um, the weekend. Um, our next pod, I think, will be Sunday. Um, it's just too much to fit in, sort of after. The midweek games but before the weekend it it doesn't really work um like i say i don't think there'll be much by way of injury news um ahead of the midweek games there should be ahead of the weekend games um but uh if i see anything on either monday or tuesday that's particularly sort of significant then i'll try and highlight that and obviously if any fixture news drops i'll try and highlight that as well um But yeah, so um, all that's left after that for me to say is thank you for listening and goodbye. Goodbye.